Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Mike Lopez with Tiny Boat Nation. Um, this, I've, I've seen Mike's stuff for a while. We talk about it in the beginning, but he has a, a really cool uh, YouTube channel, Patreon, and a Instagram. And he uh, builds little boats. I think like all the way up to 17 foot was the biggest one he built, but they're all aluminum. Um, great ideas. I've, I've followed him and I've, I've seen some of his stuff and I'm actually looked into it because I'm in the process of doing my boat right now and uh, I'll pro- be putting up some stuff for you guys later so you can see it a couple videos updating it but uh this week I'm really going to dig into my boat so yeah um great episode and I think next week will be Dean from uh Liquid Assassin oh, Liquid Assassin Liquid Assassin's uh slash Alley Fishing Alliance new shop is San Pedro so we'll have him on, and I got to start scheduling the next guys. I got a few people lined up. Um, check out the last time for you guys to get any deal on Dark Seas. Look at the promo code in the Instagram profile. Also, uh, listen to a little bit from my boy Fred. Like I said, he does one of the best guiding freshwater guiding services. So listen to a little commercial we did for him on that. And if you can, give us five star and a positive review. Appreciate it. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Hopefully, everyone's staying safe, uh, wearing those masks. You know, I know I'm a, a fucking stress case, so I always stress about everything. So, yeah, stay safe, guys. Uh, be careful, and we'll uh, be here for me next week. Yeah. Okay. Listen to this piece from Fred. Bye. Fred Clinshaw Fishing of Southern California is offering custom guided bass fishing trips for that first time fishing experience to the seasoned professional tournament angler and everything in between. Spend a half full day or a custom trip catered to your needs aboard one of the f- two fully rigged high performance bass boats with learning techniques used by the top pros to find fish and become more successful in catching them. Fred Clinshaw is ready 365 days a year and will professionally take you fishing. Uh, bring a friend, the family, or bring the whole group of guys with you. Fred is now guiding trips on Castaic and Casitas, two of Southern California's world-famous bass fisheries. Call or text him at 805-630-0160. Follow him on Instagram, my boy the Hammer, the Hammer of Fury on Instagram. Or you can check out his website, www.fredclinshawfishing.com. Now here's where the deal happens. If you mention Cast and Crank, you're going to get a deal on a half or a full day trip. Um, I'm a little biased with this guy. I'm sorry. This is my boy. Freshwater wise, I, I got to say you got to go to him. And uh, not only you know is he an amazing fisherman, he's I don't like using the 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 word uh, he's a salt of the earth, but that that's what he is. Uh, he's a he's an amazing guy, nice guy. 
never make you feel fucking stupid. Um, book with him, man. He supports the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, go book with Fred. And just tell him, hey, Cast and Crank sent you. You guys will get a discount code. You're going to help both of us. And uh, that's about it, man. So, again, go check him out, fredclinshawfishing.com or 805-630-0160. Today we have Mike Lopez with Tiny Boat Nation. Uh, I followed Mike for a while on on different platforms. I think before a podcast even, I had a smaller aluminum boat I wanted to build and I kind of seen what you were doing. And uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people know who you are, but explain kind of what you do. Um, I'm just a DOI creator. I just make things and uh, that's my passion to make things. I have just... My my bigger passion, obviously, is or my bigger one of my bigger hobbies is fishing. So a lot of my creations have surrounded that, and that's really taken off. Yeah, and so that's kind of just that, that's the that's the bulk of it. I do a lot of stuff, but not very well known for the other stuff. <laughs> the so. uh, have you always been into like building boats and stuff, or is it kind of just you didn't want to pay mm-hmm. anyone, you just kind of wanted to do it yourself? No, I um never. No, I've always been into like modding and tweaking things. But um, I just kind of fell onto this by accident. So I I'd had an inflatable, this thing called a Sea Eagle Fold Cat. Mm-hmm. It was an inflatable catamaran, like a, an inflatable pontoon boat. Yeah. And I modded that thing um, after seeing a few YouTube videos. And then I had some pretty substantial mods on that. And and somewhere down the line, YouTube's, you know, the, the way they influence people, they, their AI changed and they started to filter in like, like videos and that's where i saw that you could convert your own little jumbo into a bass boat and then you saw i saw that so that's where i actually got the idea after it wasn't until i made the yeah because otherwise i wouldn't ever even known about the whole thing it been pretty hard to find out well yeah it was super uh it's super interesting i like have so many questions too because i've i uh i've done a lot of stuff on mine but i have a newer low but some of the stuff you've done I, i've tried you know and ended and what you've done i feel like you're I don't, I'm not going to say I, no one else has done it, but you've been the most successful, I'm going to say. Yeah. You feel like that? Well, there was, a, yeah, there was quite a few videos on YouTube already, and there was a few other, like, smaller establishments, like 10boats.com. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there was, there there were YouTube videos for days. There was, like, five or ten really big ones where people had tried to um, do stuff. Yeah, I just, um that's where my channel spiked. It used to be a paintball channel, actually. Oh, no way. And then, yeah, it was slowly starting to transition to fishing. And then when I moved out here, I moved out next to a lake, one of the biggest lakes in Arizona. And that's where, that's where, like, I gave up paintball. There's no way I was going to continue <laughs> that. And so, yeah, I just, I went full-fledged. And I actually had a lot more influence, a lot more views, and that, that generated a lot more stuff. I converted a, a Carolina skiff, and I think that was my bigger one where that one actually launched and that's in, and ever since then I kind of just kept going with it. And it was just a constant refinement of creation. Yeah. A lot of feedback from, from the audience, a lot of people hating my initial stuff, like really like condemning it. And, uh, did you get a lot of, you got yeah, a lot right. of shit for, uh, for in the beginning from people. I mean, I always talk yeah. about this and I always, uh, I always, we, we, we just talked to someone else. You ever heard of row, uh, innovations? They kind of remodel the baits for you. 
No, I haven't. Okay, so the same thing we're talking. They're kind of doing something new that people aren't. And anytime you do something new, I feel like you're going to get shit from someone. And uh, anytime you put yourself out there, you're, you're going to get shit. Again, people are just want to hate, you know? Do you feel like in the beginning where people hating and trying to say, you can't do it that way? And I could see where people would look at your creation and be like, oh, that's that's not the way you do it. Well, that's the way you're doing it, and it doesn't really matter because this is your idea, correct? Kind of, and kind of. Well, a lot of it was warranted. If we're if we're being fair to the audience, uh-huh. um, um, there, you know, knowledge of materials in, uh-huh. and understanding what that was, understand what I did. Um, yeah, so my my first, you know, builds I would I wouldn't even advocate for them. So they were they were they were just a byproduct of what I would see on YouTube then. Okay. And so there was really no conformity or best practice. There's just people posting their projects. And so that, I guess it was a refinement of best practice. I guess what I would consider best practice now. Yes. For, so now we're like, they were like, we're like miles ahead of, of where the first, where the first boats were, where we actually, you took into account what you took into account materials. You debunked certain myths. Um, no, one of the bigger thing was I, I built wood, wood frames initially. Mm-hmm. Cause I thought, you know, it was an, I was, I didn't have a whole lot of skill right when I started and not a lot of tools. And so what was the more logical way to go? People just really, really hated that. Any, any sort of wood frame, they, they, they immediately <laughs> deemed it too heavy that it would continue to soak in water, get heavier yeah. and ultimately ruin the boat. And then, and so I did not I did an aluminum frame and that frame was, it had to been like way heavier than any wood frame I had done for a lot of reasons. But nobody, nobody even talked about it. Everybody thought it was great. As so I showed you how like how little everybody knew, and then that was like that was a bigger thing for me. That, that was like a pivotal point in understanding like what is actually how do you actually maximize a, yeah you know your whole platform. Like you have a boat, it has it has serious like a really small safe working load. Like it's it's a really small margin for some of these boats, only four hundred pounds, or some of them are three hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, the average is between the average is around five hundred pounds. If you get something over five hundred pounds, you're blessed. And, yeah. and uh, you being able to work with that because it's all about putting in a kit, and then plus you and possibly a co angler and all your gear. Yeah, and that and that not exceeding the safe working load. That's hard to do if you don't know what you're doing. You can just exceed it, and your boat your boat will perform like badly if that's happened have you seen it happen before have you has it happened to you before and you're uh, yeah i did it yeah. um initially yeah, yeah. so um it's pretty easy to overweight your boat yeah i could so imagine. very easy yeah so it's <laughs> so it's it's a, it's a whole different set of rules and so any other any other outside fabricator that looks into what we're doing now and doesn't really know what we're doing or what materials weigh in will will like openly condemn stuff and say it's over heavy and like it's too heavy, and that the minute you get in there, it's overweighted. So, yeah. So that's that's really our bigger thing is is shifting that away. Yeah. You know, people would need to really pay attention to the weight. Do it's you, huge. Yeah. Oh, of course. And yeah. So for a minute, I feel like I don't know much. I mean, I just watch your stuff, but were you actually taking projects on from people or just buddies? No, it was just buddies. Um, I didn't I initially didn't have enough skills to like charge professionally, and now even even now it's I don't like doing it. That that person has a lot of power over you as a creator. Mm-hmm. My my major thing is to be a creator, yeah, of sorts, and just make stuff that people like. That was that was that's been my mo from like being a little kid. 
And so um, that's that's a major thing. So, I mean, we do we're we're about to open factions. We possibly might have a physical store. It just depends. It might it might be somewhere out in the middle of the country. Wow. But it's um yeah, and we might be able to to put out our own boats possibly. You know, this is all this is all ideas. But right now, for me, I just like to create things and and post them, and then the majority of the income that I receive is from fans. It's all fan sponsored. It's all through YouTube revenue and other other stuff but it's not really i don't really gain any anything from uh any boats that i've done yeah um do you do is this your job then full-time yeah as a full-time creator wow but, that's cool yeah. man uh what did you do before this were you are you into uh building stuff before that like construction or no like that? i was not i was actually I had an i was a counselor or a mental health clinician I was a master level social worker and then they, oh. they pretty much could do anything under that spectrum. Yeah. So at that point in time, I was a behavioral health clinician counseling people and groups and doing outreach and doing all that. And then that was, uh, that was killing me. <laughs> I wasn't able to, I wasn't gonna be able to do that for 20 years and make it out alive. And yeah. yeah so, um, I bet. um, so primarily you like to work with just aluminum boats. The Carolina Skiff was fiberglass, or yeah, that was that was the only fiberglass. Okay, yeah, that that one that was really it's super hard to find those out here. Yeah, like unless somebody drags one from across the country down here and gets stationed down here and then sells it or something. That's the only reason. That's only you're gonna find one. Otherwise, it's just yeah. It but actually in Arizona, it's different. There's it's arguably has the most boats per capita out of any state. Really? Yeah, I think I mean considering Florida, that's well, Florida's a lot bigger than Arizona, but yeah. Um, considering that's actually pretty hard to do, but Arizona has quite a few boats for the population and it's, uh, there's no horsepower limits out here. There's, oh damn, there's, there's not a whole lot of rules out here the way the rest <laughs> of the country is. So the big boats kind of run this place. It's yeah. yeah. And so I'm kind of, I'm just kind of just out here doing it. Nobody really cares out here. Yeah. Um, the majority, yeah, the majority of the audience I appeal to is outside Arizona. It's, it's in Texas. It's in Cali. It's in Florida. It's in you know the parts of Georgia and parts of Illinois. Wow. So and you get, at other places, it's starting to pick up. Iowa, it's starting to pick up. Will you get buddies that live like out of state come bring their boats to you? Yeah, this other one came from Oklahoma that I'm doing right now. What is the one you're working on right now? It's a 14 foot Alumacraft. Okay. Um, V14. Nice. And so they in, in in Oklahoma and I think in really most of the states out there they have these horsepower and boat length caps. Yes. The clubs are that's all you can fish in. So um we're maxing this one out. Yeah. This yeah. one will be this one will be pretty substantial. It should make everybody who ever it's <laughs> gonna have a substantial advantage over the average boat that goes out there. Do you uh and you do everything, you paint them everything. I don't like painting, but I you will. <laughs> but I will if I have to, but I really, that's the, the my least favorite part of the whole process. Painting is very tedious, but yeah, I, I have done it all. So when you, when you're building these projects, is it, is it more of like a, um, like you could probably weld the frame if you wanted to, correct? Yeah, you could. Yeah. What makes you not want to weld them? Just out of curiosity. Because they're made out of one sixteenth inch frame. That's really thin aluminum. Uh-huh. And you have to be, I don't really know if you gain anything from welding aluminum that thin. It's not like where it's one eighth inch thick. Yeah. And you, 
you know, where welding, that makes a lot more sense. For one, it won't bend and, and flake out once you heat it up. True. And, um, you know, too, that's that's thick metal. Like, if you use, like, 6061 aluminum, that's, like, aircraft-grade metal, structural-grade uh-huh. metal, and that's the rivet will fail before the aluminum does. But on a 116th frame, the rivet's not going to fail before the aluminum frame will. Like, if something goes, it's not going to be because of the joint. Dude, and was- uh, also, it's just it's just a mess. Like, when you heat up aluminum... The te- you know the temper of the aluminum actually goes down. So if you heat it at all, so when you rivet through something, it, that doesn't happen. Yeah. It's just a lot safer. And then, and the bigger thing about that is it's replicable. The, the bigger bigger thing is it's replicable to people. So most people actually, I've been looking into welding, and it's just it's a very complicated and expensive investment to get into. Very, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, and so I mean, I have a welder in my garage. I still got to go get the argon tank and then go and tinker <laughs> around with it when I have time. Yeah. And um Yeah, you, so it's it's something I want to pull up, but not right now. But I but your whole purpose of this whole uh, tiny boat thing is to kind of you sell a kit now, right? For people that want to make something that you make. Yeah, we finally now have running kits um for frames that are that are ultra light. Like the whole frame weighs like 20 pounds. Wow. Or 25 pounds. That's the whole that's the whole frame. And then the deck will weigh the deck is really where you're going to add the majority of your weight to the boat. So, but if you, if you do it right, then the deck, I mean, the the whole thing, the whole kit inside the boat should only weigh somewhere around 120 pounds. Wow. If you do it right. And that's inside a 14 foot boat and inside 16 foot boats, a little bit more material. So, yeah, but, um, the 16 foot boat also has a higher load capacity. So we're trying to really take, you should be able to put yourself and a co-angler and preferably your whole kit and you shouldn't be able to max out the boat. It just depends on what size boat you have also. Yeah. Is it, so is there that's, a, that's a really big one. Is there a different application? So like say if someone wanted to reach out to you, be like, Hey, I want to do the frame. Uh, are you going to kind of like say, well, we need to know specs or is it kind of like a generalized kit that you're going to give out to people? We have general kits now that you can just, you can just cut and frame to size with okay. simple tools out of your garage. Yeah. That's the, that's the bigger thing is just, you can go buy a rivet gun and, a few other tools from Harbor Freight and the last Geo project. Yeah, yeah. And um, your last Geo job, at least, and you can get it done with that, or you can invest in some other, like some some like apprentice level tools. What's like the uh, the biggest boat you've done? Was it that seventeen foot tracker? Yeah, the eighteen foot tracker. Eighteen yeah, foot that tracker. Was, the one. was that a headache? Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> I have one question, technical question, because I've done this before. Uh, my boat, I run in inshore salt. I have a 17-foot low to 2016. And I'm on my second deck replacement because the wood just doesn't hold up in the salt. So yeah. I, I first was going to go with starboard. And I'm like, it's kind of heavy, but I, I think I should be fine. Then I had someone recommend, uh, Paul, a buddy, said, hey, you should try Kusa board. So I'm kind of I'm looking into that. Um, how... How did you get the uh, the hydro turf or whatever the gator skins to stick on that wood? Good on the wood yes. with contact cement, really, and it stuck. It'll up never well. come off. Yeah, I mean, if you want wood to last in the salt, you're going to have to give it a fairly thick resin coat. I did, and it yeah, it's it's just gets... it has to be a marine resin, and so that's expensive in and of itself. It's more expensive than the wood you probably buy. Yeah, but, 
Have you done a work. Have you done a salt boat yet, or just uh, freshwater boats? I have not done salt. I've got requests for salt water, but I mean, unless I went to a region like Florida or something, which might be. I just I could I mean if I do a saltwater boat like what would I do with it out here is more of a bigger thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I could just give it away or something, but yeah, I haven't I haven't actually done one. Yeah. But a lot a lot of people have done flats boats and Yeah, you know, I see the rules, them. They look the great. rules change a little bit. Yeah. Um what is how long does it usually take you to do a project when you're doing it? Uh a few months. Yeah. Really. Yeah. If you have a day job and and a family that a boat takes you a while. Yeah, it's like no, a it's a it's a fairly complicated process. I I don't know a whole lot of things that are more complicated other than like building a house or maybe a a car rest- restoring a car. Yeah, or you know that's it's up there in in that spectrum of a multifaceted project that has a lot of processes. So it's it's not easy by any means to do. It's not like these little simple one day DIY projects like making a mailbox or. Yeah, I don't know a fish tank or something. Yeah, those take no, those take no time. But this, this will take time. Yeah, and figuring out like uh, drainage—that's a big thing, right? To make sure yeah, all the, the drainage, water can drain. Yeah, the drainage might be my other bigger thing. That making uh, making bleed out systems and drainage systems to keep your tackle dry. I think that was worth everything to me yeah. to make that and to make that replicatable or replicable on the word. But you know, to make that yeah. able to be replicated by the general audience is a pretty big thing. And uh, what about your power pole? Have you still messed around with that a lot? Yeah. So the, well, I, I gave, I gave the, the Illumicraft away to a friend of mine here. I just didn't have anything. I didn't know what to do with it. Uh-huh. Like I, I kind of, I kind of should have just kept it. <laughs> it was, it was my boat, but then I gave it away to him and in hopes that he would help me generate content that hasn't gone very well. Um, but it's, <laughs> So, so I don't really know what the deal is on there. I know that the boat's kind of went downhill since it's been there. So it's, uh, I haven't, oh, those, those, those electric ones, the ones that, that actually mimic the power poles, those are yeah. kind of a pain to make. Yeah. Um, but they worked. Yeah. Like you'd have to make them, you'd have to really make them pretty high though. Like I made them small for that boat. Uh-huh. So they wouldn't just be disproportionately in the air, but really in order to get any sort of real gain out of them, they have to be pretty I gotta be like five feet tall yeah. and extend almost, you know, six to seven feet down for you to get any sort of real gain out of them. Yeah. And, um, the ones I put on my boat, the manual, the manual, like micro anchors I made. Yes. Those will work really well for a small boat, but not, not mine. Mine doesn't like it. The pulse flex around, they twist around and yeah, it's like, it's too big. I tried to make one, my like a hand one, kind of like a kayak one for my boat because I was fishing some areas where it's like four feet of water. Yeah. But the bracket you got to make for it, it has to be like so long to make sure it doesn't move the pole around. She got like something out of my master car and ordered it like a 10 foot pole and it worked for a minute and it just, eh, I like same thing. You get an idea and just, you try yeah, it you have to You'd have to really make a front mount <laughs> yeah, and a, and a back mount for your boat to not twist around in the wind. It works if there's no wind. Yeah. But my boat's also really big and really heavy, but I think like on a smaller boat, like a 12 foot boat, they would work really well. Yeah, for, especially for a kayak, they would hold you all day. But huh. yeah, just um, and probably maybe for a fourteen foot boat, they might. That's not weighted down too much. Not not like a tank boat. Yeah, but like a lighter one. I think it would do okay for those. But definitely, I don't know. Either the the, the the regular power poles are really nice. Even they're though, not that they're even not that expensive. Micro... I think I think you know Minkota made their Raptors or something, uh-huh. right? I 
or, I, or the micro power pole, right? The little black one that has a, sh- a rod that shoots down. I've yeah, the micro one. anchor. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to worry about a pulley system with those, but I think you're running yeah. the same issue with the yeah. poles twisting. It's just the fact that those, that those poles are so long. Yes. That I think that the bigger advantage that the power pole setup has is that it's got that big, long crab leg body before the pole actually extends. And so less of the poles there, so less mm-hmm. of the pole has room to tweak. So I think those would probably hold your boat a lot better. But yeah. it's, it's those micro anchors. Those, the pole is only, what, an inch thick? Yeah, it's not that big at all. Yeah, and so they just twist and twist and twist. And so I don't think they're really meant for bigger watercraft. Yeah. But, you know, the Raptors and the power poles, those are those are legitimate. And they're not that heavy. I mean, I, I installed a power pole on a bass boat not too long ago and or helped. Uh-huh. And they're they're pretty light. Dude, are you going to do more of the breakdowns after the build? I saw the one you put up uh, was last week after that 18-footer. Yeah, I'll probably start doing that um now mm-hmm. uh, that was the first time i started doing that but that's because that boat had right toward the end um it was rushed and so there were there were consequences for that so um so yeah, yeah there, I, I thought the it was interesting it was interesting because you kind of you get to say things that you're probably not going to say during the video you know mm-hmm. like stuff that went wrong stuff that you ish you probably uh Gave an answer to that people question. I like that. I like hearing the raw kind of like, ah, I fucked up. This is, th- I should have got more material. Oh, I, you know, or this, or it didn't fit this way. I thought that was, I like that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the bigger thing you need to have is free time. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's the bigger thing, not being rushed. So, so you're able to just kind of do this the way it needs to be done. Yeah, I, I mean, think as, yeah, I think I think most of the yeah most of the most of the projects we ever had like I think only about twenty five percent of them or twenty percent of them I actually feel really good at where I had enough time and I had the ample funding and I didn't go I didn't go backwards in it and that that was a really big part of of having successful boats but I don't have a whole lot of them published anymore I took them off and then really out of the published ones that are visible for the YouTube public or for anybody yeah there's only about. I think four, four or five boats that really, where I really had the time to not be rushed, and they actually came out really good. So the, not. when you say published, you also have a Patreon that you can look at everything you've done. No, Patreon's more just an interface that I can help that I have to give people extra videos and like exclusive coaching, yes. like for people who need a little bit more help. Yes, or for people who just want to donate to the page for fans. That's yeah. what that's for. But um, um. How many boats did you have up previously, if you don't mind me asking? I think I've done close to 20, but really only feel good about four or five of them. Okay. So Did you rip them down because people were running their mouth on the comments or something? When? Oh, the other one. Did you take down other videos? Are you only published four completely? That's it. No, I've published... I mean, I have several videos from from all the... Any any video that, that holds an audience or was a successful, at least... There's successful projects that happen with it when all the boat builds. Okay. There's, there's like the painting videos or mm. framing videos, but like videos where the boats actually came really good from start to finish without any, any issues. Um, there's really only about four or five. Okay. That are really good, but um, some of them I have, I think I have ten in circulation, and there's been close to twenty. So that some of them are just not viewable. A lot yeah. of them I have archived just for members only, like for patrons or YouTube members. Yeah. They can see it if they just want to see it to have a laugh. 
but um you know <laughs> no, I just, but that's, uh, a, that's a learning curve like you uh, there's podcasts i put out where i'm like oh i shouldn't put this one out and i do and it's like just you're being real you know i, I like that yeah. you know um how much does it cost to put into these boats to make a custom boat the way you're doing it you know like the way i'm doing it yes. three to four grand in a few months like yeah to diy it and that's like bare minimum doing what you're doing not like when you say three to four well, grand bare minimum, you can get a boat done for like under 500 and you can get done the weekend if you, all you want to do is a casting deck and just make your boat more fishable like casting deck or a little small subfloor a lot of people just do that in a weekend and yeah and have a much better fishing platform than say uh just a standard John boat. But if you're wanting to do compartments and broad lockers and, you know, running LEDs and pumps and a live wall and all that stuff takes a while to configure it. Yeah. I, yeah, that's, that, that was a, a question I had. Cause I'm like, it's gotta be a decent amount. I mean, I'm looking at my boat and I'm transferring mine from a side to center console and it's, mm-hmm. I'm putting a, I mean, I have a 60, so I'm putting like hydraulic steering, new prop. So it costs me probably a four or five grand, you know? into my boat just yeah. to make it the way no, I boats, so. boats are definitely not cheap it's not cheap to <laughs> not cheap in any realm really it's the yeah. cheapest if you can do it yourself but it's still not cheap did you ever think about actually going full-on actually doing like a business taking small boats and kind of retrofitting them i have people who are no i have people who who i work with who are who are probably going to do that and we're going to maybe partner with those people or okay. they might integrate into the tiny boat nation name altogether. I'm not sure how that's going to go, but it's we're in the process of possibly producing our, our, our own hull. Really? Aluminum? Yeah. An aluminum hull. Um, and getting that down, we can possibly do a glass hull later, but it's, we're trying to get a team of people together to possibly do that. And then we'll, we're really going to just cater to a specific audience, the audience that nobody else caters to. And that's, that's, you know, the people with horsepower caps and boat length restrictions. Yeah. I mean, our, our bigger thing is, is maximizing those, you know, they're, they're kind of like tiller style boats that, that maximize on storage and all those things. And having that, having one of those done and getting those rated for Coast Guard standards is good, but we don't, um, an open shop where, so it where makes, you it just, makes you, sense go ahead. that you're, you're doing, yeah. you'd rather have, everything done by you in-house because you know what you need out of a hole correct yeah a lot of holes aren't really suited to get converted mm-hmm. um so there has to be you know there has to be the the thickness of the hole gauge like some 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 hole gauges are like 0.43 mm-hmm. or 0.043 that's super thin that's almost it's not it doesn't get really thinner than that and so if it's that thin it's um that's not safe. No. And then, so, I mean, they need to be 0.060 or higher, the whole gauge for the to for you to get any sort of gain. Yes. And, uh, so there's that. And then, you know, obviously the weight capacity, the safe working load of the boat is a big thing. So mm-hmm. anything you, you really want like a 600 pound safe working load or close. Yes. If you're really going to make something that's doable for two people, otherwise, you know, there's, there's, there's spectrums to it. Like a 14, like a 1232 or a 1236 boat. That's really, if you're going to do anything to that boat, it really needs to be a one person boat. Yes. Makes and sense. then same thing with like a 1436. I think that's probably a really good one person boat. It's really not suitable for two people. And then the safe working load in that boat can be really, 
very good because it's all about the bottom beam width that, that has a lot to play with. It's, it's a little bit's about the length, but it's more, it has more to do with the width of the mm-hmm. boat, how stable it is, and how much you're able to really put in a boat. Yeah, and uh, you really don't gain. You really don't start gaining into a two-person platform until you reach like a 1442 or a 1542 or a 1448. That's like the bare minimum where it starts to be comfortable for a two for two people, like really comfortable. Mm-hmm. What's and your so, yeah. uh, What's the hole that you you would model what you wanted after? Like, if you could pick a boat and be like, "Oh, a Lund or a Low," what would be the one that you? I really my favorite boat for a 14 foot. Well, I like my 16 foot Smokercraft Alaskan. Mm-hmm. That boat is legit. <laughs> The toughest hole that I've ever had. It's that's my favorite hole. Um, the second favorite would would have been the Lund that I did. That that was a. I mean, I think Lund just makes extraordinary boats. Mm-hmm. Period. I mean, that boat was built back way in the day, and it's still like probably better than a lot of boats today. That, like that, it was, was it that, was a tank. It was, just had a hole like a tank. It had a twenty inch transom. Wow. In a fourteen foot boat, the the boat itself was just really thick and sturdy. It was like an Alaskan style hull, like a really, a really thick, robust hull, and it it was rated for a forty horse and a, and a fourteen foot boat. That's like, I mean, however much you can gain out of the hull like that, you can you can do a lot of things. Yeah, was that fully so, welded too? No, it was riveted, was but it, it riveted? was just really, it was just really built very nicely. It was the, you know, it was like forty years old that hull was, and there's just no leaks. The foam was all intact. Yeah. And, um, yeah, do it was you, pretty. And do you, nice if you do a, a hole, your guys' own hole will, will be welded, or would you do a riveted hole? You know, I'm not definitely the, the specialist. We <laughs> we would have people that can weld. Yeah. We, we know people that can weld. Um, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I think um, I just it would just see. I mean, I think all holes are, to a degree are welded. Yeah. They just seam them up in different spots if it's riveted. Yes. It really depends. Obviously, the welded hole trend is is the best. It's debatable on which ones which ones really better. Like it's you can you can weld a hole, and obviously the the strength of a weld is you don't have to worry about rivets like loosening mm-hmm. and leaking over time. But the whole thing is if if a weld breaks, that's it for you. Yeah, I agree. Like, what are you gonna do with the boat once the weld breaks? And but with rivets, you can retighten those. Yeah, that's true. You know, so you can retighten those with, with fairly basic tools, like a little kick pan mod and a and an air hammer, and a bucking bar, which is a few hundred bucks worth of tools. Mm-hmm. And you can you can really you can get an old hole and retighten it, but you can't. Yeah, I mean, the all welded holes are nice though. No, yeah. no disrespect to them. So it, it would just depend. So if you did do like a boat 
like a, a actual production boat you would have uh would you make like a line like say hey you'd make like a certain amount of them and put them out or you build to buy would it kind of be like you know what i'm saying so like you go to bass pro shop you buy a tracker it comes with yeah. this this and this and would you have a tiny boat nation boat that's here's the model if you guys want to buy one we would eventually yeah try and sell them to the general public yeah that we would cool. we would definitely do that and i think that would get it would get a little bit more messy at that point mm-hmm. but it's going to trend towards that way like if we don't do it like uh, somebody else will oh like do you of course and so there's there's people <laughs> kind of trying to hijack the navy see people using our hashtags or or actually just our full tags in youtube videos but not giving us any shout outs like i have software that edits like i look in the i look in the video the video mm-hmm. spectrum and I have YouTube editing software that tracks tags that people use. It'll mm-hmm. show you right there. And so, and there's, and then you put tiny boat, you put tiny boat nation in there and then you see, you'll see, you'll see people using our stuff visibly to kind of gain the trend. Have they when reached out to when you? It has nothing to do about, it doesn't really have anything to do about what we do. And there's no shout outs from them. So there's, there's quite a few people that do that. A lot of the YouTube fishermen do that. Have they and, ever tried um, to reach out to you though and be like, Hey, I love what you're doing. Kind of trying to do the same thing. Or is it just like, not even reach out to you try to use your name well it's um but i get a lot of shouts from the general public from from fans of the channel yeah um, i've got a, i've got like a few i've got a few shouts from some from some people but not not really the rest of them just kind of use the tags or use use the name to kind of trend and sort so they can compete directly with us so um for a long time i just had my name on my channel it was michael lopez mm-hmm. and it wasn't until like people started trying to actively steal the name that i i labeled it the tiny boat nation so it's kind of it's kind of like grandiose to, to call yourself an entire nation so i don't quite like calling the channel that but that's just how it has to be so people won't try and hijack it actively try to hijack the do you the feature branding. will you feature other people's boats on your thing too like say someone's a patreon mem- member or something and building a boat you know, when you make it a tiny boat nation to, to make it clear, is it like a group of people that all like the same thing you do? Yeah, it's 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 us where, you know, we're running it's a group of people that, you know, they're so dedicated to you know the sport of fishing that they're willing to take on one of the hardest projects that somebody could take on, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's a mark it's a mark of honor to be to for it to call it tiny boat. Kind of like the tiny houses. Yeah. Um you know, a tiny house is really a DIY motorhome that looks really cool. Yeah. But, you know, you can't go and buy a motorhome from a, from an RV lot and say it's a tiny house. You have to, you got to put the time in and oh, build it. So a hundred percent. Yeah. So that was kind of part of it. You know, obviously if we start building it, if we start manufacturing them, then that'll, that'll have to change. But it's, I don't know where I was going with that. I'm totally blank. Sorry. <laughs> <That's fine>. Don't worry. <laughs> I have no idea. It. Did you, uh, did you help Ike and Ellie out on his boat? We did not. Um, or weren't you guys he, he, on his podcast? Or no, I thought you were on his podcast. I was on his podcast. That was a that was a giant mess. Um, they kind of really have their own deal going on. Uh-huh. They were Mike Iconelli was kind of on our page under a different alias. Okay, and then his his people from Mike Live were really invested. They'd reached out to a, you know one of my one of my main affiliates, Nate Eckhold. Mm-hmm. Who's who has a lot of who who like he uses the pl- the platform of Facebook really well, mm-hmm. and he's he's more or less on on my same level, so we collaborate a lot. And so he so they reached out to him because I thought that he ran the whole thing. Oh okay. And um, then he told them no, it was me. And then so they reached out to me, 
And then I just, I swore it was a day later, but then they had called me and it was that day. And I was, I didn't look, I wasn't ready. I didn't, wasn't shaved. I'd been working all day on this boat. <laughs> and so, and then I just wasn't ready for some of the stuff. Like I watched the podcast after and some of the stuff they were saying, it was uh, not really. And then they also have a series on that boat. They did. They did. But I, when I so saw it, like, I thought if it... you watch that series, it's, they do things not like how we do it. So it, so it's very much a different venue. Like, how they do their things. So we try to collaborate as we could, but it's, they're kind of going. Yeah. I feel a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, but I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm from the outside looking and I'm just looking at stuff. I yeah. follow Iconelli. So I'm kind of like, Oh shit, you're on there. You know, like I, I thought it was like a full on build from you because it kind of looks no. like a type of, boat. No, they, it's, it's not that boat's not built in any way, like how we would build it. But you know the boat still is very successful, and it's it looks it looks awesome, and it's it's really made for electric only lakes. That's why they have that torpedo on it. Yeah, and um, we we plan to capitalize on that area for electric only boats next. Yeah. We haven't really done that much. Most of it has been you know boats with horsepower caps, but not full on electric only caps. So that that really changes the game and how that's played out. How you, how you maximize speed and. Yeah, just for the I'm weight of the boat, it. right? Too. I mean, that's that's a whole different story. Um, yeah, I mean, I must be hard too. Like when you're trying to do something different, like you are right now, and it's pretty easy to jump on what you're doing. You know, what I'm saying, like, like you said, putting a hashtag in because yeah, anybody, no, can, no yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, I could, I was really one of the only ones that actually that actually did give us credit and reached out to us and appreciated what we were doing. Yeah, and we appreciated what he was doing and him using his platform to to boost us. And so, so yeah, complete respect to him. They, but they do do stuff like very differently. Yeah. The podcast got like kind of awkward hit, like their, their lead builder was on there. Brian, the carpenter kind of built it, right? Him and some other guy, yeah. um, Dave, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Dave and I didn't quite, quite agree on, on things during the podcast that made it a little, a yes. little more difficult. Like you could tell he was visibly a little frustrated by some of the things I was saying. I'll tell you what, and, uh, though, it's, it's hard I just doing... was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I'm just glad that the podcast ended. And then, you know. <laughs> I like, I love how truthful you are. You tell the, the straight story. I like that in a person, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the hard thing with the podcast, that's why I don't do many call-ins. Because it's not going to be the same if we're in person and at all. Not one bit. I hate Zoom podcasts and I don't like doing call-ins because... If you've ever listened to my podcast, it's usually an hour and a half, two hours long because we're in person and it's a completely different vibe. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I could completely see that on Zoom when you weren't ready and you didn't know you were going to bat against someone. Nothing against Ike or who anyone else, but you guys aren't on the same page. So it's like you telling me, I, li- I like doing Riveted uh, and me going, oh, that's a piece of shit. I'm only going to do welded. You know what I'm saying? And we both yeah. have different opinions. So I get it 100%. I could have made it pretty pretty awkward. But um, but I, like I said, it's still it's still you 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 hold the name. Like when I looked up when I looked up redoing my boat because it's aluminum, all mm-hmm. your stuff pops up on the internet. Like that's the first thing, and yeah. even ideas like doing the deck. Like I want to do Kusa board. I seen you do a video right with a Kusa board to test the strength. Mm-hmm. Have you Kusa board a couple of boats the the decks? I have only done one. That was that one, and that. That was, um, I still have some sheets that I, w- I eventually want to put into boats. I just haven't found the right 
application room. I do I do intend to to put more of that in. Just so because I have some extra right? sheets that you know that were donated to me for for boat out from boat outfitters because that's they have the they have the major really I mean they're the only one that really carries it and can actually get it out to you at a decent price. And so I was working with them. Yeah, that's you that's know? the only problem I'm looking at is we have a guy down here in SoCal. It's, I think it's a mm-hmm. uh, Revchem. It's like a production company. And uh, my this guy Paul that I talked to, uh, he's a boat builder too, so he does uh, fiberglass boat work down here. Yeah. And uh, he kind of said, "You got to get that." I'm like, "Really?" Because I was going to do starboard, but he's like, "Nope, don't do it." It's no, don't do starboard. Starboard, yeah, it's, it's just a high density polyethylene board. Yeah, and you can get starboard light. I mean, it's got a bunch of air bubbles in it. Yeah, um, and, it's, and it's technically lighter, but yeah, those are for big boats. Like starboard is for a boat that where you don't have horsepower restrictions, where you're running like. You're running like dual outboard. Yeah, but that Kusa board is like it's the same. It's going to cost me like probably just to do my deck like seven hundred bucks at least. Yeah, if you buy it in sheets, like the the smallest sheets. Uh Like I don't know if it's the same now, but back when I bought it, it was when I bought the initial few sheets. Mm -hmm. It was fifteen bucks to ship it. Okay. Um, but it was it was it was like this. It was the smallest cut. It was like a two and a half by three and a half. Yeah. Almost a three by four foot sheet or two and a half by four foot sheet. That was like their smallest, smallest size. If you get it in sizes like that, then the shipping makes sense. If you if you buy anything over that, the shipping goes up exponentially, like hundreds of dollars. Damn. And that's where it starts to not become, um, you know, viable. But it, you know, the strength to the strength to size in comparison to plywood is, um, the plywood still stronger. Like if you got a half inch piece of plywood and half inch piece of kuzu, the plywood's still stronger. Really? Yeah. Wow. What about yeah. the? Uh, <laughs> yeah, ahead. I didn't think. I mean, I I uh, I don't have any span on my boat where there's not uh, supports under it. Like pretty much the whole boat has like foam filled, mm-hmm. and then on top of it's aluminum sheet, so it's kind of hard. So yeah, if I if I were to do it. another kusa deck and I wasn't going to glass it, because it's really its major thing is when you glass over it, it's really strong yeah. and it's not subjected to the the organic you know degradation that that wood what's wood is destined to fail it's it's yeah and it's, it's made to degrade so over time so that's you know when you glass over wood that stops that really exponentially but uh, the constant shaking and twisting eventually the wood fibers break but with the kuzbar i will say when you stepped on it there was no cracking and popping it did bend but it was flexible so yeah no doubt that it lasts a lot longer for like stringers yeah, and so if I were to if I were to use it again, what I would do is I would get T nuts, and I would you know I would take a little speed like a bore bit, mm-hmm. and just slightly hone out the depth of the T nut. I would run the T nuts on top, and I would run like aluminum under supports, like angle or tubed under supports yes. underneath, and just run yeah run the run the stainless steel bolt through, and you know just cut the, cut the top off the level with the deck. And, yeah. then, and then you just, I would turf over that. Then that would be a pretty nice deck. Yeah, that's my my plan. Well, my plan I yeah. think I'm going to do is all grip the, uh, paint the whole, well, the deck on, on prime it and then paint all grip on top and then uh, do sections of hydro turf because hydro turf's like, shit, it's in Anaheim. I live in Buena Park. It's like maybe 15 minutes from me, the actual hydro turf, you know, where they make it. Mm-hmm. So I can buy it. I think it's like 75 bucks a sheet. That's a good price. Yeah, that's like fantastic price compared to going to C deck where I'm like shit. I know, like, yeah, I don't really uh, know how they got such a big name. Um, <laughs> how C deck kind of, I don't really. They must have had like a, a superior marketing team to just really get the 
or just I talk think... to some of the right people who had friends in the right place. But yeah, you know, their stuff's not any better than anybody else's stuff. You're the only person I've seen. I've seen it in person. I know Oliver did a pretty cool job. Nye on his a little aluminum boat he has. Was that Sea Deck? Yes, that was. On to, it looked like he just gla- he just glossed over wood. That no, was Sea Deck on there. Yeah, he put Sea Deck on there. Because I know I had Kelly Popo on, and he helped. Uh, he helped lay out the plywood and put the Sea Deck on. Yeah, that so, was another one. The Oliver's boat it, that would navigate. <laughs> I, um, I yeah I don't that's the thing I don't know how the frame yes. looked underneath and that's the same thing Kelly said he's like yeah I didn't design it I just came in after it was designed because yeah, yeah so yeah. it's um you have uh I did I didn't know I know the top of this boat I thought I really thought that was just like polished over wood so no it's like the wood grain looking sea deck is a wood grain looking sea deck yeah okay. and he got the like big bass streams put on it and everything done on it yeah his his major bass boat like the bigger one that. 21 yeah. footer or whatever that yeah. dropped that monster yeah that was that's really nicely done yes by but i didn't know that he tipo c deck on his dinger i thought he just no he okay. did well i'll have he, to go look at it again yeah it's a, it's a it's a great looking boat like definitely uh and he did the same kind of like what you do but i think not as big an extent it's the same color one that you put on the seven or 18 foot tracker it's the same type of c deck yeah like that that grain looking you know okay but, yeah. yeah we're we're actually we're actually trying to sell. Well, since we found out, since I found out that you can just kind of self route your own foam and um, mm-hmm. do your own designs, that really kind of changes the game. So we partnered up with a company called Orthodeck, which makes pretty good quality foam, like very nice. Maybe some of the better stuff I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Especially the the their their adhesive on the back of the foam is the best I've ever seen. Wow! Like when like you can tell how good the adhesive is. If you, if you're if anything like a rubber a rubber mat roll or your foam roll comes in and it's like the paper the paper transfer tape or the paper laminate that's yeah. not very strong adhesive like strong adhesive will come with like a plastic laminate okay so anything with like a three M three M back a true three M adhesive backing will come with like like a red or white plastic transfer tape like or yes. transfer backing because yeah. that's because the adhesive so thick it'll just rip the paper off so it's this stuff comes with that and it's also very nice that it's didn't stain was a lot more durable than the stuff I put on my boat, which is like Amazon foam. Yeah. It's not very smart. And then um the bigger thing is that you can actually you get two tone straight sheets that you can self route if yes. you wanted to do it. I saw that too and I liked I like that idea. I know a, I have a friend that has a CNC machine, so I'm thinking, man, could we do a little like design like for the podcast? Yeah, if you got somebody with a CNC machine, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know how, how how the depths of it to be routed. We had some people talk to us about it. Um Maybe one day we'll get a CNC machine in, yeah. in, in, in a physical shop, but right now we'll it's just see. easier to sell the we'll kits see. and just to, hey, you do it yourself. You give a t- good tutorial too on how you do it. You it's know? not it's not very hard. Yeah. Like if you if you're a woodworker and you can you can route wood, which I think is a lot harder. Yeah, because a wood will jar and you can mess up the whole project if you're not like extremely meticulous for it. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 super easy to do. You just have to line it out and measure it out and. Yeah, I mean, it's, it looks great. Um, again, your everything you do looks awesome, man. I hope that you do get this shop going. And, uh, you know, a production boat would be awesome. No one's doing it, so you have a really good idea on it. Yeah, there will be people that will eventually be doing it. I, I think the small boat trend is not going away. Mm-hmm. Um, not at all. And so 
people, they, more and more people are picking up on it. More and more people are realizing that there is a demand for it. And, uh, we don't have to be, we don't have to be terribly big. We don't want to be no. like Johnny Morris or anything, but you know, just able to serve. Cause I, I, get, I get asked all the time. Can you build me a boat? Can you build me a boat? Can you build? I got to tell these people no every day. You, have you ever and, had a company approach you? No, I mean, we got a few companies from China, you yeah. know, approach us on trying to demo some of their projects and they haven't been too keen on doing that. So, um, I don't really think boat companies like me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they like me at all. Yeah. Cause there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of shortcuts and bootleggery done in all companies. I was, I was very shocked when I ripped my low apart. My lows at a, a yeah. 16.5, uh, fun fisher. Um, I bought it, like I said, 2015. When I ripped the console out, I'm like, this is the most janky wiring I've ever seen. Yeah, it's pretty... Um, yeah, you, know, you never know until you, you go in there. But nobody's really going to go and look in there. But No. You no. know, I saw, I stopped actually showing everything when I got some of these boats because I really don't want them to like to put a hit on me. Right? That's <laughs> like, that. Yeah, I'm I like, have, I've literally held a, a lot from the general public. <laughs> I mean, the patrons and those people can see it, but... Yeah, you don't yeah, want there's, to... there's some things done there where and they're supposed to follow ABYC standards for wiring where you could get sued if something goes wrong and they're definitely not. <laughs> no, I seen my boat and I, I'm a low voltage electrician. Like I that's my trade I've done for fifteen years. So I'm kinda okay. like, Oh man, I'm looking at the wiring going, This is horrible. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole whole different set of things going on there that yeah. I don't quite get, but <laughs> they're able to get away with a lot. There's a lot of loopholes and technicalities that they can actually get away with that, where it's where it's actually still safe. It's, it's strange, but it's but yeah, um, you got to be careful. That's so, I mean by by the fact that that's happening, I don't think they're quite fond of me. Yeah, and and I think any anybody that sells like a DIY platform, the obvious the professional platform that's trying to do it for people instead of people doing it themselves, are not going to be fond of you. So I don't have. I don't think I have a, a whole lot of backing. The people that do like me are companies that make parts for boats. Yes, I, I bet. Because then, <laughs> then they can sell parts to people. To people put it themselves. Yeah. And that's that's maybe the bigger thing. Um, oh. <laughs> but that's it. Um, how do people, if they want to be part of your Patreon, what do you? how do you get to that? You just go to patreon.com slash tvnation. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, a, there's like five or six different tiers. Okay that you can choose for if you know they got i got like smaller tiers that don't really cost a whole lot for somebody who's really mechanically savvy but just maybe needs a few extra videos to to get the in the inside scoop of it yeah then they can they kind of just go from there and then i have everything from more exclusive coaching and then i have you know anything from like we have we have a separate chat for them oh that's nice where myself and some of the main techs, we all go in there and chat with them and talk with them and they coach. We help, we help each other through the process. So people who need a lot of extra help can go there. Almost like a tech support line for, for their boat build pretty much. Yeah. And then I have tiers where I can talk, I talk to them one-on-one Wow. where they have much more exclusive coaching from us. And then there's merch we give away and stuff we try and give away. Nice. Uh, can you uh, also plug the platforms they can reach you guys on? Right, right now. Oh, just on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We're the major. That's the major platform that I operate off of. We also have a really big Facebook group. That is, it's fairly sizable, and that was where the majority of the community kind of gets together and acts. Like, if you like Facebook, that's we have an official Facebook page that a lot of people outreach to us on, and we also have Instagram. Great, the Tiny Boat Nation. 
I get a lot of DMs. So my major, yeah, my major interaction between for people is through Facebook and Instagram DMs. Great. If they're trying to get a hold of me directly. Yeah, well, I and then we also the... also our major site is tvnation.net. Awesome. And that's that's a that's pretty much a hub and interface for everything, including our our major online store there, and where you, you can get the kits and you can you can actually call and talk to us, or we we can have an active dialogue with you there. Oh wow! So if you're going to order something, I can call and order it from you that way and make sure I'm getting the right parts. We're working on 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 a, on a software right now. Okay. That will that will transfer to our phones. We're it's in beta testing right now. Uh-huh. But right now, if you if you reach out to us via email, um, or you know you sign up to contact us and we reach out to us via email, we can talk to you that way. We can also, if it's if it's really complicated and we can't, and, you know, it's words aren't going to do it in typing, then we can we'll actively call you. That's nice. And just hope you don't post a number on Craigslist. <laughs> hey, there's a thing you, called Google. The thing. There's a thing called Google number. I have it for the podcast. <laughs> you could turn it off and on. It works great. Yeah, I'm going to have to download that. Yeah, you got to. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Well, thanks again, Mike, for coming on. I appreciate you taking your time out of the day to come on. Check out uh, everything Tiny Boat Nation. And I know there's a lot of guys that build small boats, and he's got a lot of great ideas. So check him out on YouTube. Thanks again for coming on. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you much. 